Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. This week, I'm speaking with Adam Grossman, a multi-league champion in both the Football Guys Players Championship as well as High Stakes Dynasty Leagues in the FFPC. He has a team in the top 100 overall in the nearly 11,000 team field in the 2020 Football Guys Players Championship, a contest that will pay out more than $3.1 million in prizes, including $500,000 to first place alone. Grossman's career high stakes winnings in the FFPC total more than $60,000, and you can follow him on Twitter at Adam Grossman4. In this episode, we discuss the pros and cons of playing Deontay Johnson in the FFPC Main Event Championship round, whether Jonathan Taylor and Brandon Ayuk have become must-starts, and much more. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore, total visits. So, it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. 
Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Like me, getting excited to watch Aaron Rodgers throw the ball all over the field, hopefully to the right team, for plenty of touchdowns for my Green Bay Packers. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Now, without further ado, here is $60,000 high-stakes fantasy football winner, Adam Grossman. Kicking things off this week on the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown is a, well, former Football Guys League champion, former Dynasty League, former Best Ball champion, guy who's been on this uh, program before. A special uh, welcome and, and a happy Hanukkah to Adam Grossman. Adam, welcome back. Thanks, Balky. Appreciate it. Happy uh, good holidays to you and your family and, uh, and the rest of the uh, fantasy uh, world out there. It's it's one of those times where I think you know now we're coming up on week fifteen, and you know I'm busy obviously with with FFPC and podcasting and and then my other two jobs essentially, but but fantasy football always makes it more difficult um, to to do all the things I want to do with my family. I know my family is looking forward to spending a little bit more time with me after week sixteen comes when I have a little bit more time on my hands. Probably the same way with you, right? Yes, thank goodness for our family. I want to give a quick shout out to my wife, Laura, who is more than supportive of me whenever, you know, I want to do a podcast or any of my multiple, multiple leagues. Also, shout out to my four girls, especially Mariah, who was my production crew this morning and helped me get all set up with the uh, laptop and everything. So shout out to them. Yeah, we'll have to give Mariah a production credit on this uh, podcast for sure. Um, so, so let's, let's talk fantasy here. You have a team in contention right now for the half million dollar grand prize again in the, in the football guys players championship. Uh, you are no stranger to this. You've made charges before, uh, in this competition, kind of curious, looking at your roster, you, you lost George Kittle, uh, on this team, obviously early, you lost Will Fuller for the remainder of the scenes, uh, remainder of the season and DJ Moore, obviously he hasn't been from him or what we saw from him in 2019. So my question to you, Adam, is is how did you get this specific uh, squad to be one of the best teams in the entire contest? Well, Balky, this was a really tough league. It was a really a have and have not type of league. Had uh, three guys finish up towards the top. And even though I finished, I think, 56 in total points, I had a guy right behind me and a guy right behind him. So it was a tough league. I mean, I finished eight and three even you know, being having those many points, um, you know, I just the draft was solid. I was very deep. I was able to, you know, withstand, you know, losing those guys. Um, but it's going to be difficult in the uh, in the fi- in the playoffs here. Um, you know, obviously you count on Kittle. You know, when I who I took in the second round, he has potential for forty point outbursts. Thankfully, I took um, Dallas Goddard in the 11th, and he's certainly been helpful in terms of winning the league, but I don't think he has that upside that you need in order to win a $500,000 contest. Same with Fuller. You know, I I drafted, I was fairly deep at wide receiver, um, but, uh, you know, more being on COVID, not sure if he's going to be able to play. He's still on COVID protocol and Fuller getting suspended. Um, 
it, it's just going to be tough to uh, compete for the 400,000. But again, it was, a, it was a really good draft. It's just one of those dream drafts where everything just kind of fell your way. Uh, managed to get James Robinson in the 17th round to pair, <laughs> to pair with Dalvin Cook. And, uh, you know, but quite frankly, beginning of the year when he was playing well, I told a buddy, I'm like, yeah, he's playing well, but I expect him to be on my bench come this time of year. And I'll probably be starting Swift and Cook. But, you know, it's worked out very well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's worked out well. Um, There were reports saying that George Kittle might practice this week if he does. Let's say because here's here's the way I see this going down with Kittle. I see him practicing this week. I don't see him playing in week 15. But, Adam, if he does play in week 16, do FFPC owners have to get him in their lineups, even with all that missed time? Well, it, I think, Balky, it depends on your team. Like for me, who will probably be coming from behind and are going to need a potential big outburst, yes, I'll have him in my lineup. A team that is potentially in the top 10 and already has a solid tight end, maybe you were able to pick up Robert Tunyon on uh, waivers. Um, no, I don't think you take the risk. You know, the other thing to keep in mind here, too, as you described your roster in this football guys team, I think a lot of people have, and I think I brought this up uh, on, on this show before, um, a lot of people think they have this misconception that if you lose an early round pick or if you lose a, um, you know, a, a, a significant player on your team, then your team is done. You're never going to beat out um, 11,000 teams, you're not going to win your league title. But I think that, you know, with shrewd drafting and, and a couple of crafty pickups on the waiver wire, you can be successful. You can get to the championship round. And, and Adam, you're right. Maybe it, it, it's not like not easily going to be a layup for anybody to win this 500 grand, but you put yourself in there despite all these, you know, the, the, the bad things that have happened to your team. And it's really a testament to what you can accomplish if, if you really grind hard enough in the FPC. You know, for that run to the 500,000. You know what? You just never know who's going to get hot and you just got to get in the playoffs and see what happens. Keep your fingers crossed almost. You know, last year, who saw Tyler Higby carrying teams to the title? You know, I know he carried me in a dynasty league to a title. He just got so hot and who knows who that person's going to be weeks uh, 14, 15, and 16 this year. Just got to get in the playoffs. Uh yeah, exactly. And and you're right. Anything could happen. Um, it's sort of like the NFL playoffs, too. Exactly. Um, when you're looking at um, your, your this football guys team or, or any of the teams that you have in contention for some some cash in the FFPC this year, what's the toughest lineup decision that, that you've been looking at as as we go into week 15? Well, for this team, unfortunately, I don't have many hard decisions Be with, you know, Kittle gone, more still on COVID and fuller suspended. Um, I do. Like I said, I was fairly deep so but i really don't have any tough decisions there um in terms of other leagues you know i have a uh 1250 dynasty team that has made the uh, playoffs and you know i've i've been kind of i put james Conner in there last week and the question is do i get him out especially with a good uh matchup this week against Cincinnati. So that's probably going to be one of my tougher decisions. What do I do with James Conner and do I have a better option? Um, what? Just real quick on that DJ Moore thing. If he does indeed come off the COVID list in time for Saturday's game and, and the Panthers say he is going to play, would you bump anybody in out of your starting lineup that you have in there now in this football guys team for I DJ would. Moore? I I would I would probably take uh, I would take Marvin Jones out of there, even though Marvin he uh, played really well for me in the championship game of that of that league. Um, the uncertainty surrounding Stafford, 
Um, Chase Daniels played well before, but I would have him and Swift. I don't know that I want two Lions on that team in the playoffs. Uh, so yes, I would get him. I'd find a way to get him in my lineup. One of the one of the private dynasty leagues. I'm actually a commissioner of it, and um, I've been, this is the eighth year of being in it. I've been the leading scoring team in the league before. Um, that had some very successful dynasty teams. I've never won a playoff game for whatever reason. I was zero and four, and I made the playoffs. And I had my first playoff game this past week in that league. Um, I had a healthy lead going into Sunday night, um, the the uh, Buffalo Pittsburgh game. And um, I was looking pretty good. And I was like, well, how is, how is it going to derail this time? And then sure enough, Deontay Johnson gets benched early on in this game because he was dropping passes. And James Washington not only was getting all the run in his spot, but he was also scoring touchdowns in his spot as well. So my, my, my ask to you, and this is a selfish thing too, but I did end up winning the game. Um, and I'm going to have to figure out what I'm going to do with Deontay Johnson going forward. But are you concerned that this could happen again, where he drops a couple of passes and Mike Tomlin sits him on the bench for almost a full half? Um, so being a uh, living in southwestern PA and being a big Steeler fan, it was bothersome that at, that entire team is dropping balls and they can't get a running game going. But that's my Steelers problem. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, yes, you, you, you still start Deontay Johnson. Is it? Concerning? Yeah, absolutely. Is it still a possibility? Yes. But, you know, he has been getting the last six healthy weeks that he's had. He's produced 77 targets, Bulky. That's 13 targets a week. On the year, he's averaging about nine and a half targets a game. He's just always open, and Ben is just getting him the ball. Last year, you know, on 92 targets, he only had three drops. So it's just a concentration thing, I think, for him right now. He didn't suddenly get bad. He'll he'll be fine. Start him confidently. Um, Jonathan Taylor, a guy that people started confidently early on in the season after Marlon Mack went down, and then we're pretty disappointed. And you know, I, I was one of them. It, he didn't always make my starting lineup on on my deeper teams because of you know lack of production. But he had no lack of production against the Raiders uh, last week. How much belief do you have in? And I know it depends; it's team specific with him. But how much belief do you have in Jonathan Taylor being a must-start guy for the last two weeks of the season? Well, uh, he certainly looks much better than he did at, in the early part of the season. I have him on a few uh, dynasty leagues. I unfortunately don't have him on any redraft teams. But uh, he gets Houston this week, who was just one of the worst teams in the league defending the run. Um, and then he gets Pittsburgh week 16, which isn't ideal. But if he's going to get – oh. 18 to 20 touches. I don't think you can sit uh, Jonathan Taylor, especially this week. Um, Debo Samuel might, I think officially um, uh, Kyle Shanahan said he is out for the remainder of the regular season. And in, in when he went down basically from the first play from scrimmage in that game, Brandon Ayuk went off uh, 10 catches, 160 plus yards. And he gets the Cowboys in week 15. And then in week 16, he takes on the Arizona Cardinals. How much do you have to tweak your lineup to make sure that you get Brandon Ayuk in there as a flex, given what he did without Debo Samuel? A flex, bulky? You want him in there as a flex? He's a I'm wide just assuming. Listen, he, I'm just he's a wide receiver have... one, bulky. <laughs> I just How's assumed that? you had three guys. I, I just assumed you had three guys better than him. You do, well, if you do, you're probably winning the championship. I mean, since week <laughs> since week three, he's averaged 17 points a game. That's wide receiver one territory. And like you said, especially with Debo out, 
Ayuk's a wide receiver one the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, and and what about next year? Because I know you're big, you're a successful dynasty guy. Is he the new number one there in San Francisco? And now Debo Samuel's the two. I think so. I do think so. I mean, he's looked really good. Shanahan's finding ways to get him the ball. I mean, Debo's still going to be very, very good, but they seem to go to Ayuk a little deeper down the field. Uh, Debo seems to catch those little screens behind the uh, line of scrimmage, which works out for Debo. Debo's very good. He's like a running back once he gets the ball, but I think Ayuk's the wide receiver one down there. Yeah, a lot of good rookie receivers uh, this oh year, despite the, the truncated um, preseason and these guys you know, really being behind the eight ball more than they normally are. But Ayuk's been great. Pittman's shown flashes. Justin Jefferson is is probably been the best of the bunch, given what he's been able to do. And think about what C.D. Lamb did while Dak Prescott was healthy. You know, he was putting up really good numbers. Um, yeah, Jalen Rager show, a, you know, a couple of flashes. Judy uh, and and uh, and Ruggs, I think, have been a little bit hamstrung. But it's been an insane year. Why did that happen this year with these with these big-time rookie receivers, given that the lack of preparation they had, it didn't seem like they, a lot of them missed a beat. You know, Bulky, I have no idea. It's been unbelievable. You know, in most dynasty rookie drafts, everybody was crazy for the running backs, and rightfully so. But, you know, at this time, if you took CEH number one, you're kicking yourself. If you took Dobbins number three or four, you're probably kicking yourself when you could have had, you know, C.D. Lamb or uh, Justin Jefferson or any of these other guys that have uh, – uh, really look good. I mean, Ayuk was going in the uh, early to late, uh, early to mid second round of rookie drafts. I mean, that's a steal at this point. Um, just another example of our bias where we always try to get those running backs, but these, you know, these wide receivers just produce every year. Yeah. And Trevor Lawrence, if he does go number one to the Jets this year, that's going to make Denzel Mims have a, a, a big opportunity to take a, a good step forward. And he's already shown flashes on a pretty bad offense there, too. So that's another one. Just been insane this year uh, for those rookie receivers. Um, let's talk Saints here. Um, Drew Brees, we don't know if he's coming back yet this week. He might. He might not. Um, but it's Kansas City. And you know if the Saints are going to win that game, they're going to have to keep up with Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill uh, in that uh, potential shootout. How comfortable should you feel about starting Drew Brees? Again, long layoff, first week back, but you know he, he's, he's an old guy. It's muscle memory at this point for him. What about Drew Brees starting in week 15 right away? Well, I, I would, depending on your other options. I picked him up in a few spots where I was – not as strong a quarterback with the hope that I would be able to use him either week 15 or week 16. I mean, he was producing at a high level before his injury. Uh, the weapons there, you don't need to say anything about Kamara and Michael Thomas, Manuel Sanders, Jared Cook. Um, uh, yeah, I, depending on my other options, I would strongly consider if he comes back starting him. Um, and and if, I mean, not that you're benching Kamara, but certainly – Kamara was a lot better with Drew Brees, much uh, better, you know, running things in in that Saints offense this year. Uh, so I, I think the Kamara owners are hoping he gets back too. The the Taysom Hill owners maybe not so because he's been a really good quarterback. Absolutely. Although this week they seem to make a concerted effort to get Kamara a little more involved in the passing game. So seven, seven catches on ten targets that kind of came out of nowhere. I, I you know I I own Kamara in way too many leagues and I've just been you know crying in my beer watching Saints games. And and uh, this past week, I saw the stat line. I'm like, holy cow, where did that come from? Yeah. Um, so that's good news for 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 him, for sure. Um, so a, a guy that people were crying in their beer all season if they owned him was Miles Sanders. And, you know, whether it was lack of production, whether it was not being on the field because of injury, 
Um, a lot of people, I don't want to say they got too cute because there's reasoning behind it. I, I was talking to my co-host Farrell Elliott on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour about McKissick versus Sanders. And I said, listen, I am just not a strong enough man to bench Miles Sanders in favor of J.D. McKissick this weekend. And, and Farrell said, no, you're totally wrong. McKissick's going to crush it. While Sanders was the correct start, he went off for 30. And anybody who benched him uh, this past week was certainly upset. Um, Two-part question here. Is he quote unquote back? Is he a, a guy that you know locked in? You got to start him. And and just sort of your philosophy on this, Adam. When we get to these championship rounds, what what sort of your take? If if an early round pick has been struggling for you, um, how do you feel about benching them uh, and their lack of production for a guy like McKissick, a, a waiver wire uh, guy or a guy that you got in the mid rounds playing over your stud? How do you feel about that? Okay, so I think, yes, he's back. I mean, he definitely looked much better with Hertz under center. You know, Hertz's running ability seems to make the defense pay a little bit more attention to him, open a little bit more running lanes. That said, you know, he did have the 82-yard touchdown, but on the other 13 carries, he only had 33 yards. Wasn't great, but if he's going to get um, that much run, if he's going to get 14 carries, he also caught four balls for 21 yards, which helped also, and he's got a solid schedule weeks 15 and 16. Um, big thing with him is he wasn't wasn't much of a committee this week. He played 81% of the snaps, which is what you want from your studs. You don't want your studs getting 56% of the uh, snaps, you know, with uh, their crazy coach, you know, thinking that he has to work in Boston, Scott, and, uh, you know, all these other guys. Um, and Jordan Howard, too. What the heck? Um, so, yeah, I, I think you definitely – I think he's back, and I – generally have a hard time benching my studs bulky just like you said how you would start Sanders over McKissick because in a championship game Sanders upside is way higher than JD McKissick I mean JD McKissick's floor was what he did this week it wasn't that good um so yeah it's uh start your studs when you can um now that being said it's it depends on your team I mean if you're super deep I I mean it would have been hard to throw Sanders out there if you would have had a backfield of uh, Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, David Montgomery, you know, something like that. But I think you can probably start them fairly confidently the rest of the year. Um, I, I just just look at looking at, um, you know, because we have basically the, almost the entire season in our rearview mirror now. Um, huge sample size. Who, When you look at the players that you targeted in your redraft, and we can open this up to Dynasty too, I guess. Um, but when you look at the players that um, that you wanted to get on your teams, the players that you wanted to avoid drafting, who was a player that you really got right, and then a player uh, in your player evaluation that that you completely missed on in 2020. So I was uh, high on Will Fuller this year, you know, and he was producing at a extremely high level before the suspension. A lot of people scared off about, you know, with the uh, injuries that he's had over the years, but with DeAndre Hopkins out of that lineup and having uh, – uh, Watson as his quarterback, I was very high and was trying to snatch him up in the sixth of most of my uh, uh, redraft leagues. Um, wrong. I mean, there's a lot I got wrong, but, you know, my biggest one probably was Stefan Diggs. I kind of avoided him in most redrafts. I was worried about him going from the dome of uh, Minnesota to Buffalo playing outside with Josh Allen, who quite frankly, prior to this, I mean, he looks great this year, but prior to this year, he was throwing the ball all over the place. He couldn't hit the broad side of a barn, but he really looks much better this year. And Diggs was a big one. I got wrong. I was also very high on DJ Moore this year. I thought he had a, 
decent chance to be a top 10 wide receiver. I mean, he's been okay this year, but I thought with Matt Rule and what he did for that LSU offense, uh, I thought he had a uh, excellent chance to, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, not Matt Rule, but uh, the offensive coordinator they brought from LSU. Um, uh, oh, Brady? Brady, exactly. He had an excellent chance to u- utilize more in similar way that he used uh, Jefferson and Chase Bat down LSU, and it just hasn't come to fruition, unfortunately. Although Bobby um, Anderson has looked very good. It looks like I got the yeah. wrong Carolina wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. I, so I was talking about um, a couple of my dynasty leagues with somebody else the other day. And, and I said, you know, when it came down to cut down time before the season, um, uh, I, the two of the guys that, that just snuck on my roster were Corey Davis and Robbie Anderson, you know, guys that I didn't really expect much from this year. And uh, I found other guys, and I'll get rid of these guys, see what happens with Davis and Anderson. And they've both been great. You know, they've both been fantastic this year. Uh, so I'm glad that that um, that I got those right in Dynasty. Speaking of which, you know, you bring up Chase, Jamar Chase from LSU. At what point do you start looking at the upcoming rookie class when you get ready for your rookie drafts coming up in, in late April and early May in the FFPC, Adam? Do you, do you kind of keep an eye on it the, throughout the season before? Um, do you, do you really go into overdrive after, uh, the NFL season ends? Do you, do you start paying close attention when the combine is starting up? When do you start your, you know, really seriously looking at college players that you're going to be drafting in, in your rookie drafts? You know, Paulkey, most dynasty players are looking at the college players year round. I mean, I'll ramp mm-hmm. up, you know, once the season ends, but yeah, you have an eye on, you know, you, I already have a rough, you know, top 10 wide receiver, top 10, uh, running back. Um, now a lot obviously will change on who declares combine, where they go, et cetera, et cetera. But no, I'm always, uh, keeping an eye on the college scene and, uh, who might be available. Is it going to be a down year? Um, if it's going to be a down year, do I want to get rid of my, uh, rookie picks this year, maybe acquire a few veterans instead. So, um, uh, always keeping an eye on the, uh, uh, college scene. Just curiously in, in your own rudimentary sort of, um, you know, rough draft that you have for rookies so far um, this season or this upcoming season. Um, do you feel that, that how, how does this year's running backs and receivers class um, compare to last year's uh, is 2021 going to be better? Is it going to be worse? Is it going to be roughly the same? Um, I, I think the wide, uh, the running back class will not be quite as good as last year's. I mean, there's a couple at the top that look really good. Doesn't seem to be as deep. Uh, wide receivers seems to be very deep again, to be honest. Um, will it be as good as last year? I mean, the way they're playing right now, it's hard to say that. I mean, the current wide, I mean, Jefferson looks unbelievable. CD lamb looks great. So, um, I would say it's a good wide receiver class, a very good wide receiver class actually, but not quite as good as last year. Um, one other thing that, that you brought up and when we switch back to redraft discussion here about digs. I missed on Diggs this year too. I, I did not draft him in any league. I don't think I have him on any dime. I don't have him anywhere, literally nowhere. Um, so my question to you is, and I don't know how much you were a subscriber to this, but I avoided him and Hopkins um, because I, I, I was reading a lot of stuff and and listening to a lot of podcasts, and, and I'm seeing their stats about receivers going from one offense to another, getting a new OC, a new head coach, new offense, new quarterback, new everything. And they usually struggle that first year. That hasn't necessarily really happened with Hopkins, and it for sure hasn't happened with Stephon Diggs. Is this 
enough for you to, and I don't, again, I don't know if you're a subscriber to this theory before, but is this, did you see enough um, from, from these two players to kind of throw that line of thinking out of the window? Or is this something that you still think we should be looking at in redraft leagues? No, I do actually subscribe to that theory also, Bulky, especially this year when they had no training camp and Roy had no opportunity mm-hmm. to get used to their quarterback and and learn the subtleties um, of where he is on certain uh, routes. Um, so I, I just think sometimes you just have an outlier year, and uh, I, I think this is probably an outlier year for that type of theory. Um, but uh, I will continue to subscribe to that going forward. And I will probably avoid most wide receivers. Cause I, I think if you look in years past, that has mostly held true that wide receivers going to uh, a, a new team just don't produce as well as uh, you expect them to year one. And I know there's, I mean, it sounds like the, the Texans want to re up on Will Fuller, but he's a free agent after this season. Juju Smith Schuster is going to be a free agent after the season. Maybe he's going to be a guy to avoid if he moves on, which I do think you, well, you're the Steelers guy. You think he moves on next year? I do, Balky, unfortunately. I mean, when you have, when you already have Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson and you have James Washington as your fourth wide receiver, easily could slide into that uh, third wide receiver spot. It's going to be hard for them to. Uh, come up with the money, especially when they're kind of up against the cap anyway. And the NFL, the cap is supposedly going to go down as opposed to up like it does every other year. Um, it'll be hard for them to keep Juju. I mean, I hope they do. He's a fun guy. He's, uh, you know, good for the city, but uh, it's going to be hard to keep him, especially I'm sure he's going to get really good offers elsewhere. Yeah, for sure he will. Um, what, what What's your opinion on Roethlisberger in 2021? I mean, does he come back for another year? Because he's getting pretty long in the tooth. He's getting very long in the tooth. But yes, I think he comes back. Uh, and yeah, I think he comes back one more year. Because um, that's that, that's the thing that always concerned me. And like I own Deontay Johnson and Claypool and, and Smith-Schuster, actually, in, in some dynasty leagues. And my concern was always like, well, I love him with Roethlisberger, but we saw what happens when these guys don't have Roethlisberger with you know, the, the duck and, um, and the other, well, who am I forgetting? The the other guy that, that came in oh, oh. last year, Mason uh, Rudolph. Rudolph. Yeah. And, and, and it was awful. Um, so that was always my concern, but as long as Roethlisberger is there, these Steelers receivers are going to be great to own a dynasty. That being said, bulky, I mean, you could say the same thing about Michael Thomas. I mean, with right. Drew Brees last year, although Taysom Hill has gotten the ball, but situations are always, always changing. That's a really hard thing to learn in Dynasty. Like you already mentioned, Denzel Mims, he's looked okay this year. It's going to probably look a lot better with Trevor Lawrence throwing him the, the ball next year. Um, DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault down in Jacksonville. Ah, they haven't looked great this year, but maybe give them Justin Fields next year and things could be entirely different. So, uh, yeah, situations are always changing. So I wouldn't be too concerned about the wide receivers in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I looked at Todd McShay from ESPN, his mock draft, and and obviously it, it it's you know it's it's work in progress, but I think he had five first round quarterbacks this year. Um, so there could be a lot of changing uh, landscapes around the NFL. Um, a lot of times, and as you know, teams draft the quarterback, they're usually breaking them in with a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, and uh, and things can change pretty quickly. I Joe Bryan from Football Guys always says that too. Um, that that things change pretty quickly around here. Could happen again in twenty twenty one. You know, Bulky, another example of that is Keenan Allen. I was not very high on Keenan Allen this year because it looked like Tyrod Taylor was going to be his right. quarterback. Next thing you know, Justin Herbert's feed him the ball 13, 14 times a game, and, and he's a stud again. So um, 
situations change. If, if a wide receiver's uh, a stud, he's, he's just a stud and he gets open and uh, they'll find a way to get him the ball. Yeah, and I want to. I think that him and Diggs have actually been trading back and forth the league lead in catches over the last few weeks. Allen and Diggs have been awesome for anybody who picked them up this year for sure. Um, keeping the uh, the dynasty conversation going, but let's let's have a veteran flair for it uh, on this next question. I I, I know you're coming off the twenty five hundred dynasty league one title. Uh, you're you're looking to add more dynasty championships in the FFPC in your various leagues there this year. The trade deadline has passed, but. Can you give us a player that you're going to try to acquire maybe a little bit cheaper, 70, 80 cents on the dollar, or maybe even less than that when the season ends as, as well as a player that you're looking to dump and, and get rid of ahead of the 2021 season. Okay. Like we already talked about um, the rookie wide receivers that have disappointed this year are usually a good target, especially if you believe in them going into the draft players like uh, rugs rugs would be a really good uh, guy that you can try to go get cheap. He hasn't done much this year, shown a little flashes, but he hasn't done enough that I think that the person who drafted him in the first round last year is very confident in him. Um, another player, Jalen Rager, hasn't done much, been a mess in Philadelphia. But again, first round rookie pick. Uh, also, both those guys, first round NFL draft picks. Those guys usually eventually pan out. But honestly, my biggest guy I think I like that you can get really cheap is Brian Edwards from Oakland. He hasn't done anything this year. He's been hurt. Um, uh, J- uh, Nelson Aguilar's been playing great. I think that uh, spot could be Brian Edwards next year. Yeah, it seemed like everybody was, was my, myself included, I was high on Brian Edwards. I tried to get him whenever I could. Uh, it seemed like he, he was slipping in drafts a little bit. And he has, and th- and that's the other thing I've noticed too. And And I don't think I had, no, I didn't have you on last year, but when during like the the February March you know dynasty build up rookie draft, um, I always ask players you know who who's a who's a rookie you're, you're gonna target in in your rookie draft this year. And out of the you know dozen guests or so I had on, I mean I feel like five or six of them singled out Brian Edwards as a guy that they really really liked. And and obviously injuries played a part in it. But but you're right. As much as we were on Brian Edwards last year, we should double down on that this year because he could be. Um, a, a really a, a number one receiver in waiting there. They don't have a great one. I mean, maybe rugs, but I never, you know, I watched him in college and I was never really all that enamored with um, his, his skill set other than his speed, um, which obviously is his, is his best skill set. So he could obviously, and he's shown it already. Um, but Edwards, I just, I felt like was a tactician out there and he's only going to get better. Edwards was unbelievable in college. And I agree with you. Yeah. I wasn't thrilled with rugs. I don't have him on any, uh, dynasty teams because I wasn't willing to draft him, like you said, with his skill set in the first round. But if you can trade an older veteran wide receiver or a maybe a mid to late second for him, uh, but you know who knows if the guy who took him in the first round last year is probably will could be willing to wait on him. But Brian Edwards is probably the uh, main guy you can get for uh, fairly cheap. Shifting back to uh, week 15 here, give me a uh, sleeper, Adam, that that not a lot of people are probably going to be starting, but they probably should be uh, this weekend. And then a player that's going to be started in a lot of spots, but is probably going to bust. Okay, I got a couple guys, uh, possible sleepers. <laughs> I like Jeff Wilson a lot against Dallas this week. Uh, Mostert had an MRI, so good chance he misses the game. Jeff Wilson always looks good. He runs hard. Uh, Dallas is not that good against the run. Jeff Wilson could be one uh, nice sleeper this week. The other one, 
Actually, he's listed at running back for the FFPC and looked really good last week is Lynn Bowden. Got nine targets last year. Uh, Devontae Parker, uh, if he's out again um, or Grant is out, then uh, I, I think Lynn Bowden would be a nice guy to have in your flex position if you need one. Yeah, Bowden was a guy that uh, was a Raider, and and yes. then they uh, they traded him to Miami, and he's and he's he's looking pretty good there. It'd be an interesting. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what Miami does with that backfield um, next year because I I think they got a collection of of some 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 decent to good guys. They don't have a guy, but that may be enough. I mean, maybe they'll just go with like you know Gaskin and and Ahmed and and Bowden or uh, Bowden in that in that backfield uh, next year be fun to watch for sure for fantasy what about a bust that you don't like this week real quick on Bowden he's actually been playing wide receiver for them he's been running right. out of the slot so um i think next year he'll probably be listed wide receiver and uh could be a nice target for uh, Tua in uh in dynasty a uh, guy i'm going to bench this week and i love him he's a super good wide receiver but Terry McLaurin um, that offense looks really bad ever since Gibson went down. Um, th- th- yeah, they scored 23 points this week, but three field goals and two defensive touchdowns. The offense, less than 200 yards of total offense. Smith may be out, you know, with his injury and maybe getting Haskins back there. And Seattle's really been getting after the quarterback lately. So Terry McLaurin this week would be uh, a guy, if you're able to, if you have the depth, I would look to bench. Yeah, I, I and I know it's tough to do, um, but sometimes you 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 got to be able to do it. You got to make those tough decisions. It's what separates the champions from uh, the people who come up just short. And the champion that we always like having on this podcast is Adam Grossman. Adam, I wish you nothing but the best of luck here in the Football Guys Players Championship, as well as all your leagues, your dynasty leagues that I know you're gunning for more titles. It's been a treat talking to you today. Uh, again, happy Hanukkah. Have a great New Year, and we'll talk to you again real soon, dude. Thanks, Balky. Thanks to you and Rotoviz for having me on. Always enjoyable speak talking to you. Enjoy your holiday season also. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.